When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Matt Nagy's presence at the Super Bowl created a little bit of uh, interest, piqued the curiosity of some Chicago reporters who were in Arizona covering the Super Bowl, thought it was very interesting what Matt Nagy had to say in terms of the lessons learned during his head coaching tenure uh, with the Bears. Also, you know, he was a likable guy, Dan, and when he talked candidly about learning from his failure and he's talking about failing, you felt for him a little bit, and and that was very – I don't think it was very surprising, but it just shows you that it's it's uh, it's one of those things that he's landed on his feet with Kansas City. He's in the Super Bowl, but still a very, I think, I don't want to say painful period to reflect on, but he looks back with some regret. Well, first of all, as you well know, uh, having covered Super Bowl, the best part of the week is the mandatory availability where every coach and every player of both teams are, are um, basically available to you for an hour if you need them on, on three different days. And obviously Monday uh, was the, the, the big festivities, uh, the, the, the circus, if you will, of, of media availability at the Super Bowl. But it gives an opportunity for those in the Chicago media who are down there to just walk up to Matt Nagy and, and really for the first time since his firing uh, a year plus ago have the chance to 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 go deeper to get a layer down uh, a second layer down and just kind of get his reflections his sentiments his thoughts i mean i i do think that matt is sincere when he when he talks about the, the lessons he learned and things he wishes he had done different here i've also been very consistent in echoing that the final season that matt was here the setup was not ideal uh, and i've said as much that that the, the the organizational health wasn't at a point where they could put together a plan that made sense long term it was all grasping at the now and so that's why you wind up signing andy dalton in free agency it's why you wind up drafting Justin Fields, obviously a a month after signing Andy Dalton, and then having a different developmental plan for him because you felt like you were in a win or else situation, which you were in and you didn't win and you got the or else, right? And the or else happened to be a firing. It happened to be for Matt Nagy, a trip to South Africa with his wife after leaving uh, Hallis Hall. And then now it's a, a trip in the Super Bowl working every single day with Patrick Mahomes again. That was a fascinating detail in, in Patrick Finley's story in Sometimes, Sometimes.com. I know he was holding court with everybody, but yeah. just the reality of coming to this realization of you wanted to work again and processing through the previous four years on on a safari in South <laughs> Africa with your wife when really you, you wanted to be anywhere but there, frankly, and he didn't want to be you know, uh, an unemployed head coach. Uh, but but I think that was kind of the things. And, and Matt Nagy, you know, for, for all of his 
issues in terms of not being able to really it's odd Dan I always felt like he's a likable guy he's one of these guys that you could really envision having a beer with and really one of the things he struggled with mightily in Chicago was communication and he, he never really spoke with a lot of clarity uh, <laughs> a lot of people like to um, point out the fact that it was a lot of his messages were garbled and, and kind of lost in translation and and when we played the the audio, Part of the audio on on the morning show on the Mullion Haas show, I, I warned people or apologized for having if they swerved off the <laughs> road because they were triggered by hearing Matt Nagy's voice again. That's the kind of effect sometimes he had on Bears fans. And yet, I think the people that covered him, you could speak to this better than I could probably being around him more more often. He was a likable guy. Yeah, I respected the way Matt handled himself. I think we all know that his inability to get that offense uh, unlocked and back on track for an extended period of time is the reason that he's no longer here and the reason the Bears went in a different direction. But but personally, I felt he was, um, you know, a, a, a good leader in certain ways. And then there are things that come with being the head coach slash CEO of an NFL team that are a little eye opening. And I did think it was reflective of Matt in Arizona to talk about the way he sees Andy Reid do the job differently this time around than he did when he was under him as an assistant, where you're just kind of in your own world and not considering all the big picture ramifications of everything you do at the top. And so I, I you know, I, who knows, you know, a lot of times in this league guys don't get second chances some guys get second third fourth chances to to roll through things so we don't know what Matt Nagy's future holds I do think that you know he will be in the league for a long time and a a prominent role and we'll see which way his ladder takes him Um, but certainly he was there and 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 then you know certainly he was also uh, very praiseful uh, of Justin Fields and and the belief after one year spending time with Justin Fields having the sense that the preparation habits the passion all those sort of leadership and tangibles that you look for in a, a compelling franchise quarterback are there with Justin. So it was interesting to hear that a year later where, where, where Matt was on that. And that came up with uh, Mark Carmen, I think of CHGO approached Matt and asked him about the decision to start him against the Browns, a game everybody wishes they could forget. And also just to get his impressions on Justin Fields in year two. Justin, part of it. Do you almost sort of regret putting him out there in, in week three when you look back at it? Well, so that situation again. There's so many things that can go on. You know, you know. Uh, take care. Uh, Andy got hurt, yeah. and we we had a plan through this whole thing. Everybody said, "Hey, you're trying to do the the Alex Smith, uh, Patrick Mahomes deal." They're all different, and we we wanted to make sure that we we handled Justin. We knew that that was our future, and we wanted to handle him and do everything we possibly could to make sure that he succeeded. Scheme, um, how we handle practices, everything. And there, it's just a, that was a unique situation um, with with our quarterback room. They were all great. They handled it great. But, you know, it, it just didn't go the way we wanted to. And, again, you just learned from it. Yeah. I, I just look back at it like I just thought maybe, like, if you were under pressure, like, I got to develop this guy. My job's on the line. But maybe, like, in the retrospect, maybe wasn't we weren't ready to put him out there and he wasn't ready to do it. Again, these guys are so young. And when they're thrown into it, everybody thinks that – it could just happen overnight. Right. They're going to play like they did in college. That's not real. Yeah. Um, and so, 
as you're when you're a coach and you go through your your offense, your scheme, your players, you want to do everything you possibly can to make it easy for them to succeed, whatever that is. And we learn too as coaches. Yes. And so you know, you go back to the Cleveland Browns game, right? It was a, a really really uh, difficult game. I think there was eight or nine sacks for, and it's not what we wanted for for him for Justin, right? We didn't want it for us. We didn't want it for Justin. The last thing you want is to hurt, is to hurt somebody's confidence, a young quarterback like we did that game. Yeah. No one wants that, you know, for anybody. And so we needed to learn from that and be able to change some things in how we handled him. And but you, you end up running out of time, and and you also know that uh, schematically, you know, um, it just was a it was a, a different situation. Schematically, you might want to try to, to block Miles Garrett. That might have been schematically what you wanted to do. We all remember that afternoon. I love Carm. I love the fact that he asked Matt Nagy about the Browns scheme and game plan all this time later. Yeah. And that brought back some real unpleasant memories for Bears. Honestly, David, there's so much within that soundbite that's worth talking about. And I do think it's funny that Matt's here in in a very exciting week at the Super Bowl, you know, trying to go get a ring with the Chiefs. And now he's all of a sudden he's 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 putting the time machine and he's back in in week three of of the the season that cost him his job in Chicago. And it's just it's funny to kind of I mean, he was open about it. He didn't bristle about it. The one thing I would take exception to what he said there is, is that that he he regretted. putting Justin in a situation where he, he lost some confidence. I don't think Justin lost any confidence. And I think one of the, the most telling things in Justin's early development was the way he came back the following week. I'm pretty sure they beat the Lions the very next game. And it was a sign of mental fortitude and resilience that wasn't there in Justin's predecessor that was sort of refreshing and reassuring. Like, oh man, this dude just got his brains beat in. And one week later, he wasn't seeing ghosts. He wasn't freaking out. He was he was sturdy enough and, and mature enough emotionally to just get on to the next thing. And that's one of the gifts that Justin has that's potentially going to make him an engine of, of championship runs. He might have lost confidence in the coaching staff. Maybe, yeah. Because <laughs> you, after executing a game plan where you are exposed to the extent that Justin Fields was exposed in that start against the Browns, I could see that happening more than I could see probably questioning yourself because – from from his standpoint, he's a first-round draft pick. He's always had success. He's going into the game for the first time. He's facing this kind of challenge, very confident in his own abilities. My goodness, nobody's blocking the rush end. So I would think very naturally you could see Justin Fields coming out of that, not necessarily doubting himself as much as what has he got himself into here in Chicago. Because that would be the thing that I would question the most out of that experience. Yeah, there's no question about it. And some of the the flashbacks that make you kind of shudder a little bit. It's just the entirety of of how 2021 was set up and unfolded. And we really knew it in January that they were potentially going down a path where they were trying to do two things at once. They were trying to to turn the page while also holding on to these dwindling hopes that they were in a, a legitimate championship contender. And they were trying to straddle that fence. And David, you know what happens when you try to straddle a fence. It ends up pretty painful, right? Like it's, yes. it's not the thing you want to yeah. do. And I, just, do that. I mean, and, and that's what it because was, I, right? It was, it was, it was coming out of this, this mirage playoff season in 2020 in the pandemic year being exposed in the playoff game against the saints for who you really were, but then trying to be like, Oh, but what if we just hold on a little longer while also trying to draft a quarterback, develop them and not have a real clear cut plan in a direction. And that's the reason I bring that up now, David, is because it, it, it ties back into everything we we've been talking about for the past month in terms of 
top-down organizational oversight and leadership that allows you to not fall into those traps that has, you know, sets a clear path. And so Kevin Warren's hiring as a president last month is something I think gives you a little bit more confidence that you won't get caught in one of these zones trying to do too many things at once and ultimately making mistakes that everyone saw in advance were going to be mistakes and then having to pay for the mistakes and then having to start over and then reboot and rebuild and, and lose and then celebrate a number one pick. And here we are. Last thing about Matt Nagy before we move on, because we have a lot of other stuff to get to. Question for you. Yeah. Who do you think has a better chance of becoming a head coach first? Matt Nagy, who could have a Super Bowl ring on his <laughs> finger after being on a Super Bowl winning staff uh, with a winning record at his first and only tenure as an NFL head coach, or Luke Getze, offensive coordinator of a 14-loss team who might be presiding over the emergence of somebody who could be a Pro Bowl caliber franchise quarterback in Justin Fields. Remind me how you phrased that question so I can answer it specifically. Who's got the better chance to do it first? Who's got the better chance of becoming a NFL head coach quickest? I say Getze because I think Getze holds the keys to one of the league's most intriguing players. And if he can get it unlocked and if he can push Justin toward a developmental springboard that, that turns the Bears into a legitimate team again, all of a sudden that stock will rise and you will not only have a, a, a guy who has taken this young raw talent and turned him into something, you'll be striking while the iron's hot. I mean, obviously we know Matt got – you know, the, the, the Andy Reid shine helped them get the Bears job, but that was before Patrick Mahomes was even even starting there. And so it, it remains to be seen just how much um, he can do and has done to turn a quarterback into a difference maker in this league. And so I think Luke's opportunity is, is better at this point because Patrick obviously is established. We know who he is and we know that the credit largely belongs in Andy's lap. I don't disagree with that. And yet I find that uh, I, and it's not mildly surprising, but it just underscores how much you have to take advantage of the opportunity when it presents itself. Matt Nagy left Chicago after, in his words, having failed, and yet he had a winning record, correct? I mean, he won more games than he lost as the Bears head coach. So I got a, a, a trivia question from uh, someone who will not be named right now, but it'd be a text asking who would have the better tenure as a coach in Chicago, Matt Nagy or Matt Eberflus. And and if you're setting Vegas odds on that, you say Matt Nagy because Matt Nagy had a record above 500 and it's going to be a steep climb for Matt Eberflus to coach his next game with a, a career record as a head coach above 500. That's a long haul and to get back get, to. And if you get to the Super Bowl in year three, uh, nobody's going to care about what your overall record is. They're just no doubt. Care about you know who you're playing and and how much you're going to pay Justin Fields to keep him in Chicago. Have you ha have you projected a Super Bowl in year three? Is that no. where we're at? Now? Okay, no, okay, that's not where all right, we're at, okay, no. <laughs> okay. Just wanted to get this. <laughs> this is taking the North, but they're still climbing it. All right, so we're not exactly there yet.